0: Let us hear God's word. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. (coughs) The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The Psalm 23 is the most beloved and well-known of 150 psalms in the Psalter and probably the best-loved chapter in the entire Bible. Both Christians and non-Christians find great favour in this psalm. St. Augustine says that this is the psalm of martyrs because countless Christians have recited this psalm for help, strength and comfort when they were in persecution and facing death. After the event of September 11, the entire United States fell into panic, shock, pain and perplexity. President Bush used this psalm to encourage and comfort the American people, especially the families of the victims. Psalm 23, on the one hand, is straightforward and clear, so clear that children can understand and recite it, while on the other hand, it is a psalm with rich theology from which theologians can swim in freely and even drown. Since David wrote this psalm 3,000 years ago, there has not been a psalm that is so meditated on, recited, quoted and studied. There has not been a psalm that gives so many people such great comfort, encouragement and help in their different situations of life. Tonight, I'm going to share this great psalm with you and I hope we all find great comfort and hope in the truth of it. First, as you can see from the superscript of the psalm, it was written by David, who was a shepherd before he became a king of Israel. David understood the role of and the work of a shepherd, and he also knew the characteristics and needs of sheep. He compared God as a shepherd and himself as a sheep, and begins by saying, The Lord is my shepherd, showing that he has an intimate, close, and personal relationship with God. Know that. The word Lord is in all capital letters, which is the personal name for God that was firstly revealed to Moses. The background is that God called Moses to lead the Israelites out of the slavery in Egypt. But Moses did not know God at that time. He was very afraid and did not have confidence to complete this huge and extraordinary task. Therefore, God himself appeared to Moses and promised that he would be with him. During the conversations with God, Moses asked him, How should I answer if the Israelites ask me about your name? God answered, I am who I I am. What exactly does that mean? It has two major meanings. On the one hand, it means that God is self-sufficient. He does not need any other outside help. He needs no wisdom from anyone else. He needs no power. He does not need to be worshipped or served. He's not accountable to anyone. He answers only to himself. On the other hand, it means that God is timeless. He's always the same in these eternal traits or attributes. He was like this yesterday. He will be like this tomorrow. He will be unchanged and is unchangeable forever. This is the meaning of I am who I am, whose short form is I am. David says, I am is my shepherd. What does the word shepherd mean then? It refers to a herdsman, someone who tends sheep. In David's time, shepherds were a lowly and a demanding job because they had to work day and night to protect and take care of sheep. Therefore, they often had to expose themselves in the sun, wind, and rain. No one would volunteer to undertake such work. It is usually the youngest in the family who has no right to speak who does this work. That was why David as the most insignificant and youngest in his family became the shepherd. After you understand the meaning of these two words, Lord and Shepherd, read the sentence, The Lord is my shepherd again. What can you think of now? The Lord of Lords, the King of kings, the inexhaustible and only one true God of the whole universe, the Lord who exists forever and ever, who is full of glory, honour, authority and power, is willing to humble himself and become a shepherd to have an intimate and personal relationship with us and take Care of us. It is truly incredible. It is also what the Psalm 83 says When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the Son of man that you care for him? We as humans are finite and limited, yet the infinite God, the mighty creator of the whole universe, stoops to take such care of us. This is the love of God. As New Testament Christians, we also understand that the same metaphor was taken by Jesus who identified himself with I am on the one hand and assumed the task of being the shepherd of his people on the other. In the book of John chapter 8, when Jesus confronted the Jews, he said, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was born, I am. What Jesus meant was that he was the eternal God incarnate. In John 10.10, Jesus also said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus Christ, who was both a sheep and a shepherd, offered his life as atonement to appease the wrath of God so that all who believe in Him can be led before God and establish an intimate and personal relationship with Him. This is the love of God for us, which is demonstrated through the Lord Jesus Christ. When we believe in Him, our sins are forgiven, our relationship with God is established, we gain access to all spiritual blessings and hence we can experience what David says here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When David says, I shall not want, he means he lacks nothing, he has no other need And he is content as God cares for him by giving him everything he needs. How? He shows us the following five reasons. First, when we have the Lord as our shepherd, we have no shortage of provision. Verse 2 says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. For us nowadays people, we don't know much about sheep. Of all animals created by God, sheep may be some of the least intelligent. Without the care and protection of a shepherd, sheep cannot survive. This is especially true in the Middle East of Israel where there are long periods of drought and a lack of resources it is impossible for sheep themselves to find food and water but here the psalmist says because the Lord is his shepherd he makes him lie down in green pastures and he leads him beside still waters It is a tranquil and peaceful picture. Philip Keller, who is a minister and was a shepherd for eight years, says that sheep do not lie down easily. They do so only when they are free of all fear, free of pests or parasites, and free from hunger. And thirst. When David has the Lord as his shepherd, he can lie down on the green grass and rest in peace beside still waters. Brothers and sisters, do you have such a sense of security? Are you content with what God has given you? Are you having rest in Him? in fact many people do not have this kind of security and satisfaction even though they have already gained lots they fear being left out so they still keep chasing and running they have no time for rest they will say i would just need to get one more level up or i just need to get one more house or i just need to get that Um, position or get that deal or complete that degree then I will be fine can these pursuits bring satisfaction surely they can who doesn't want to to earn more money who doesn't want to be more knowledgeable and who doesn't want to move up to a higher position however As Jordan has been preaching the Book of Ecclesiastes, we learn that these satisfactions are have well, like a vapor, only temporary, transient, and fleeting. A high-profile businessman once shared with me his experience that he was so happy when he was able to earn his first bucket of money 30 years ago but his happiness lasted only a few days and then he kept chasing and running and repeated the same cycle of emotion he told me that he is still not satisfied despite being a billionaire in China apart from God all other pursuits cannot truly satisfy us, as they are all external, material, and temporal. <coughs> no matter how much we get, they cannot fill the empty void in our hearts. St. Augustine says that when God created man, he created an infinite void in human's heart, which only an infinite God can fill. My dear friends, are you truly satisfied? Where is your sense of security based on? Is there a real rest for your soul? True satisfaction and security are not about what or how much we have, but rather about who we have. When you know and have Jesus, we have everything. And you can find ultimate satisfaction in Him, just as David did. The second reason why we shall not want, once we have the Lord as our shepherd, is that the Lord gives us life. Verse 3 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Another reason why sheep cannot take care of themselves is that sheep easily get lost. They are easily influenced by one another. If one sheep leads the way, the other sheep follow blindly. I saw something on the news that happens in Turkey a while ago. There were three shepherds who put their sheep together, about 1,500 in total. They placed the flock on the hillside and then went down together for a quick breakfast. However, shortly after they left, a sheep was seen from a distance, starting to walk towards a cliff. And the other sheep followed. To their surprise, the sheep who took the lead jumped down, and the other sheep followed suit and jumped down as well. The herdsmen ran back to try regain control of the flock. However, more than 400 sheep had already jumped off the cliff and they suffered heavy losses. This is a typical trait of sheep, where the idiom hurt effect comes from. You might say that sheep are very stupid for such a thing to happen. And yes, they are. However, the Bible compares us to sheep saying that each of us has the problems that sheep has. Isaiah 53.6 says, We are all like sheep that have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. In other words, each of us like sheep has gone astray and we all walk the way of life according to our own desire according to our own will. You may not agree and say, I haven't got lost. I know from my feeling that I'm going the right way. I have been in Australia for more than 23 years. When I just arrived and got my drive license, I drove to a friend's house GPS was not available at that time, so I relied on mailway. I double-checked the road and then marked the turns and then started driving. I drove and drove and thought I was going the right way, but did not arrive after a long time. It wasn't until Suzanne reminded me to stop to check the mailway again. Did I notice that I was going in an entirely wrong direction? Even though we may think we are going the right way, but the fact is not necessarily so. It is true when we travel geographically, and it is also true when we travel the paths of life as well. Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Since Adam and Eve sinned and fell, all their descendants, including you and me, have been bound and blinded by sin. People can't see the right direction of life and they don't know the real meaning and the purpose of life. They live only for what they can see in front of them. Isn't that what many people are doing today? Many young people think that life is only for pleasure. They are addicted to video games, partying, and drug abuse. Many people are bound by their own ambition, anger, jealousy, hatred, and lust. Many people break up with their friends, businessmen, family members due to their persistence of one small right. Many people, after taking a wrong step, trying to cover it up and continue to deviate and fall. Many people do things that we don't understand. A teenager sold one of his kidneys in order to own a new iPhone. A father lost all their family money in gambling. We wonder why people make such foolish mistakes. Do you know why? It is sin that makes people fools. It is sin that makes people behave irrationally. It is sin that makes people lose sight of the purpose and meaning of life. Sometimes we think we are better than those people. But it is sin that makes us think so. We are not better than them. We are one of them. We have all made lots of stupid mistakes in our lives. There are many times when we know we are wrong, but we still insist on our mistakes. We are all like sheep that have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. Only when the Lord seeks us out, and brings us back from the wrong path of life, can we walk in His righteous way? Jesus, as the Son of God, came into the world to seek our lost people. Even though our souls have been tarnished by sin, when we put our faith in the Lord, He restores us, gives us a new life. And lead us to walk in his righteous way. What beautiful and good news! Have you received this wonderful good news? When the Lord is our shepherd, we have no shortage of provision, no shortage of life, and no shortage of protection too. Verse four says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This verse tells us that the life of a Christian is not always smooth sailing and blue skies. Sometimes we lie down in green pastures. Sometimes we rest by still waters. And sometimes we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. As mentioned before, in a situation of sheep herding in the Middle East, the shepherds had to find food and water sources for the flocks. During hot weather, they had to lead their flocks through the valley of mountains. After passing through these galleys, it is possible to reach places where food and water are more abundant. However, sheep are reluctant to go through these areas because they have poor eyesight and easily fall into ditches. Isn't that this also what we do? We tend to only like when things are smooth and going well. We don't like pain. We don't like difficulties. We don't like challenges. However, the truth is that for those who have gone through great pains and difficulties, after after being forged and refined their lives have become more mature and they have experienced more the presence of God. There is a famous preacher in Hong Kong called Dr. Milton Wong, whose wife died of cancer and he had a mentally handicapped child. Because of these tremendous difficulties in his life, he was called the modern Job. When I listened to his testimonies, I admired how he could cope with his situation and remain faithful in the Lord. He was interviewed and asked, If you have an opportunity to choose, do you want to experience your current life again? After a moment of thinking, he answered, From the emotional point of view, I don't want to, because it is such a painful experience. However, he continued, From a rational point of view, I cannot say no, because if it were not for these difficulties and trials, I would not have experienced the grace and the presence of God so deeply. Brothers and sisters, the more painful and difficult times we have gone through, the more mature we grow in our spiritual life. If you take notice, from this verse 4, David refers to God from the previous third person, he, to second person, you. This shows that when we go through a low point In our life, we are more willing to rely on God, experience more of His grace, and have a more close and intimate relationship with Him. Although the valley of the shadow of death is not easy to walk, the Lord promises that He will be with us. His rod and His staff be our comfort. I don't know what difficulties you are going through right now. Your pain may not be known by others, but God knows all of them. No matter what situation you are in, He is with you. His Word comforts you. His Holy Spirit empowers you. He will keep you going and eventually lead you out of the valley of the shadow of death. Fourthly, when the Lord is our shepherd, we do not lack honour. Verse 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. In this verse, the psalmist moves from the previous scene of shepherding to the scene of a host preparing a feast for his guests. In David's day, when one person set a table for another, it was usually a situation in which the host cut a covenant or make an alliance with the guest. The setting of a feast is often the last step in this process, which expresses the great honour the host bestows on the guests. The psalmist says God prepares a table before him in the presence of his enemies. That means when the Almighty God makes an alliance with him and prepares a feast for him, No matter how many enemies are chasing him, they can only watch from the outside and do no harm to him. This is also true to those who put their trust in the Lord and those who hide under his wings. The greatest enemy of us is death. However, when Jesus rose from the dead, It means he had conquered death and removed the stain of it. When we believe and trust in him, we have passed from death into life. Moreover, when the psalmist says, You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. It means that the Lord anoints our head with precious oil, showing His generosity, His love, and His honor for us. He not only provides us with abundant food, but also pours us overflowing wine, showing His endless blessings to us. Isn't that wonderful? And finally, the psalmists let us know that when the Lord becomes our shepherd, we do not lack an eternal home. Verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because the psalmist has experienced God's faithfulness, and his presence regardless of his circumstances, whether it is on high mountains or in low valleys, he declares with full confidence that goodness and mercy shall follow him all the days of his life. The Hebrew meaning of follow means chase or even persecute. It has a strong implication of being chased and persecuted by an enemy. This is to say, when we have the Lord as our shepherd and are in his presence, his goodness and mercy will chase after us all the days of our lives, making us unable to escape. What a blessing it is. And furthermore, we can be with the Lord forever and ever in His sanctuary. The Bible tells us that we are only sojourners in this life and must wait to enter God's eternal heavenly home. Before His resurrection and ascension, Jesus said to His disciples in John 14, There are many rooms in God's house and I go to prepare a place for you. The Lord Jesus is the only one who came to the earth from the heaven and his words are completely true and trustworthy. He is the way, the truth and the life and no one can come to God without him. He is the great shepherd leading us, a flock of lost sheep, back to God. He himself was the Lamb of God who offered up for our sins. If you are not a Christian yet and want to receive the blessings mentioned in this psalm, the only way is to come to Jesus. Confess your sins. Repent and believe in him. When you do so, you can experience the regeneration in the Holy Spirit, giving you a new life, a more abundant life. If you are already in the Lord, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me Therefore, we should always ask ourselves Am I listening to the voice of the Lord? Am I going my own way or His way? Only by obeying and trusting in the Lord can we receive His blessings Let us be assured that through the teaching of this psalm when the lord is our shepherd we have no shortage of provision we have no shortage of life we have no shortage of protection we have no shortage of honor and we have no shortage of an eternal heavenly home let us find contentment In Jesus Christ alone, listen to his voice and let our lives glorify his holy name. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for giving us this wonderful psalm, which gives us so much encouragement and hope.